Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Confidence starts with loving who you are. And when your skin feels nourished and glows on the outside, you naturally radiate confidence from the inside. Give your skin a glow-up with Osea's clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This ultra-hydrating body care features two of Osea's bestsellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. These seaweed-powered heroes use skincare-level ingredients normally reserved for your face for results you can see and confidence you can feel. Osea has been making clean, clinically proven seaweed-infused face and body care products for over 28 years. This luxurious skincare is vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com, code GLOW. We're back. It's the Luke and Pete Show, episode 14. How have we managed to get to 14? We're in it. We're what up a, in here. What body of work, Luke? I know, last week was brutal. <laughs> I'm hoping that there's going to be nicer things in this show. And to be honest, it's listen to Led again. Uh, and you guys have pretty much done us a solid again because you've uh, not been quite so violent. Um, one, one thing I will say is I now know what our listeners are most fearful of. What's the tr- that? The truth. <laughs> What do you mean? Just 45 minutes or whatever it was of real talk. You know? <laughs> you, you're going to send it in to us. We're going to send it. We're going to broadcast it back to you. We should start like a no rules radio station where Ofcom can't touch us. Um, can they touch us now? Uh, no. Probably should know that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but listen, the good news is this week, there's no, uh, as far as I'm aware, Pete, unless you've got a curveball or two for me, there's no Nagasaki chat. No. There's no torture chat. No. There's just some good, clean, wholesome fun. Let's, because, do, let's uh, do some Japanese counters again. Let me finish. Yeah. After the main course, yes. you do earn yourself a dessert. Oh, good. Yeah. But I was promised a sauce. I was promised a sauce. I That's was a, promised a sauce. Greg Wallace, professional ma- no, um, celebrity MasterChef, which is the third the third best of the MasterChef canon. Oh, goes, hang on, what is, it, what is the celebrity MasterChef? It's not at the moment, I was going to say. Right, okay. Best one is, um, is just uh, MasterChef. Right. Then the professionals. Yeah. And then celebrity. Isn't there a young MasterChef as well? There is. My friend's son was well, on that. Stop saying there's only three of them. Sorry, yeah. Four. four. Yeah, but it's not, it's not really a series. It tends to just be like a one-off special at Christmas right, or okay. whatever. And my friend's son was on it. Um, he he didn't win, but he did bloody well. Okay. I was very proud of <laughs> what him. What did he cook? Uh, he did a... It was some sort of dessert. I can't... I think... I can't remember. Mm. Anyway, good, good, good for him. I uh, James, used to make... Little James, his name is. Little James. <laughs> well, he's, he's, Little James. He'll be big James by now. His uncle, who's my best mate, yeah. is also called James, so yeah. calls him Little James. What was your signature dish at uh, HE? Home uh, Economics. Um... I can't remember, but what I can... Do, do you want to know what I can cook quite well now? Okay. I can do a very, very good steak. I know everyone thinks that, but I can. Yeah. Uh, I can do a very, very good spaghetti bolognese, and I can do a fairly decent, I would say, uh, curry. 
Okay, yeah, yeah, fair dues. Basic I, stuff, I know. But. I overstretch myself every time. Whenever I have to cook, I, I, I spend about 40 quid on the meat. So I, go, I, I just sort of panic and sort of go... use every pan as use well? Use every pan, use yeah. everything. Uh, my speciality isn't... I've done beef well before. I've done oh, a good job of that. Fish pies, fish pies, quite uh, easy, quite good. Just put lemon. Put lemon on everything. But back in the day, in HE, uh, I used to make panacle tea, which I'm not really sure whether you're familiar with. It's just corned beef hash. What do you call it that? I don't know. I mean, I'm always used to call it panacle tea. Is it Welsh then? Very it? salty. Is it a Welsh name? Very, well, it just seems to be corned beef, potatoes, gravy, salt. Just more salt. Imagine <laughs> oh, how salty that dish is anyway. Put more salt in it. gravy isn't salty enough. <laughs> no, exactly. Well, we're going to talk about gravy later. Well, we used to have it in home economics, uh, and I remember getting a good mark for I, that. I, I, uh, and, and I remember the day being sullied slightly by the teacher saying to uh, the only Asian girl in our school, uh, you should be good at curries. That's out of order. That's out of order. In a way. Yeah, um, I, in a way. A couple of points on that. One, I, I remember now, I think I made an apple crumble. Right. Um, I got annoyed about having to carry it all the way home. I mean, yeah, that was the thing, though, wasn't it? Because yeah. you're not allowed to eat it just then. No. You don't get to share it with your mates, because no. everyone's cooking the same dish, invariably. I mean, if you eat a whole apple crumble at school, you're going to get a nickname. <laughs> Um, what was it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Crumble Boy. Crumble Boy. Um, and um, the other thing I was going to say Father Crumblemus. Without getting a too Daily Mail about it, mm. I, I genuinely... She be- should have known how to cook a curry. <laughs> <laughs> no! <laughs> Peter. You're disgusting. Naughty. That is naughty. No, I was going to say, I do genuinely think that... Um, People at a young age, and this is only based on my own experiences, should be given more sort of practical skills like cooking and stuff. It's important. Yeah, it is important. I mean... Well, like, do, you know what, do you know what I think would be genuinely really good at school? If, I don't know if they do that. Forgive me if they already do this. I'm not I'm not au fait with it. I don't really know. I don't think I know any teachers that well. But um, things like wiring a plug, cooking a dinner... Mm. All that sort of stuff. I don't know, like, like painting a wall or something. That sort of stuff is important. There are so many new kind of light fixtures now. Yeah. With LEDs and stuff. You know. There's, like, all kinds of different things. Selecting the right one in the shop. I think, like, when you're watching QVC, sniffing bullshit out. Yeah. I've got another one for you. Um, how to torture the murderer of a Dutch king. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's How important. to cleanly fillet a fox yeah, no. with using a freight train. We promise not to do that anymore. Okay, right, we've got in trouble right. with people. And I, I do consider myself an animal lover. I've told you, I'm spending the spring tag- tagging voles and shrews. <laughs> I love animals. Tagging them with an air rifle, yeah. you dirty little boy. <laughs> what a nasty <laughs> tagging, little shit you are. Them with a spray paint. <laughs> <laughs> Look at my colourful voles. Uh, so, um, yeah, once again, you guys have uh, done us a solid and, and, and got in touch with uh, a few things. Yeah. Uh, Russell Buchanan. No. What? Jingle. Jingle, sorry, it's been... I've done it quite a far It's been mother. I'm not, me- I'm not mentioning it this time. People are getting bored of me mentioning it. <laughs> Carry on, Russell Buchanan. <laughs> Do you know what? A mate of mine when we were kids used to have a um uh, used to have a Grinnick Morton shirt. Yes, okay. And um, they were sponsored Scottish by, football team. They were sponsored by Buchanan's Toffees. Buchanan's right? Toffees. Yeah. Toffees is so Scottish yeah. and so A's. A few of my friends who knew him before I knew him as he been there a bit younger said that when he started wearing that shirt mm. Um, no one knew how to pronounce Buchanan's, and of course, there's no like internet there. We were young, so everyone used to call Buchanan's. it Buchanan's. Yeah, Buchanan's. yeah. It's, when I look back to what the kind of candies I ate, I had. I don't know how I had it, but I would go to like um, play football or whatever. But afterwards, I'll, I'll go swimming. I would spend at least three pounds on. Toffee, Highland toffee oh, yeah. from the vending machine. Yeah. 5p bars, 10p bars. Sometimes they'd turn up covered in chocolate, sometimes they didn't. 
I don't know how I didn't contract some kind of diabetes well, because undiagnosed. I might have undiagnosed. Yeah. yeah, I am very sleepy after um, dinners. <laughs> we all are. Yeah, no, but like anything, I can eat anything you know, over like 500 calories. I'm sleepy. Yeah, do you know why that is? Because why? your body's using all its energy to process. I know it. it is, but like I actually taking siestas to get over it. Two things. <laughs> you one, you're not getting any younger, by the way. You're, no, you're exactly. Late 30s now. Mm. Um, two things. One, Russell, get in touch with whether anyone's mispronounced your name as Buckingham. Uh, that's number one. <laughs> that's number one. Uh, two. I feel your pain about uh, swimming. I used to always get, I think, a can of Seven Up and a packet of salt and vinegar squares. Oh, you shouldn't have that in the pool, mate. <laughs> no, not in the pool. You, you'll be denied float privileges. I used to use the empty crisp bags as armbands. <laughs> 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 um, so, uh, yeah, uh, Russell uh, Buchanan has uh, got Buchanan, in touch. We, we, we talked about um, Alex Jones. The um, oh, I love him. He, he's a man, an angry man on the television. He does, he does info wars, uh, and he's on the internet and on the television, what? basically spouting racist uh, conspiracy theories. Conspiracy theories well, I, I, yeah. I say I love him. I used to love him, but now I'm, I hear that he's got actually quite a lot of influence. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm a bit terrified of him. I yeah. wonder what I would love to know is whether Alex Jones would be let into the country. Did you? work at the home office get in touch well it seems to be like i can't get an iranian visa uh wow. if i want to be allowed in america I, not, and yeah, even inquiring yeah. about an iranian visa apparently they somehow find out which is weird it's like a credit check yeah. yeah have you ever applied for an iranian visa you're not yeah. allowed in the country yeah I, I, they, they're, they're, I mean they're particularly harsh i go to the u.s a fair amount and they are they can be particularly harsh and it has the knock-on effect of living with an american has made it i'm almost like very very conscious that i can't really get not that I do anything anyway, but no. you, I mean, I, I wonder whether you know a particularly bad driving offence would would stop me going to see my. Well, family, now, yeah. now with the advent of modern technology, they're allowed to look at people's uh, mobile phones. So the advice is wipe your phone before you um, try to enter. I mean, this is like you—it's what you would expect in North Korea or or the aforementioned uh, kind of Iran, possibly. But like. It's insane. Like, there was this Canadian woman who was uh, not allowed in the country because she, on her mobile phone, had a private conversation with her doctor about uh, taking recreational drugs. Right. And the, basically, they've looked read it and went, yeah, you're not allowed in because you said that huh. you took drugs. Oh you, oh, you took drugs. Actually, and, but the story was more harrowing than that because the story in question was her explaining that she hadn't taken drugs in a few years because... The last time she took drugs, the person she was with died from those drugs. And it's just yeah. not allowed in the country. Don't, don't take drugs, kids. Don't uh, take, well, don't take drugs and wipe your phone before you got in the US. It's two crazy. things on that. One, go to Boston. The staff there are absolutely lovely. <laughs> one, of the, one of the things that people don't fully understand, I think, is that a lot of it is run at a local level. So a lot of America is run at a local level, mm. state level stuff. If you go to fly to JFK and experience the border guards and the staff mm. there and then fly into Boston, Logan... Very, very, it's like night and day. They're, yeah, they're all very friendly, yeah. very nice. And the second point is, Pete, do you remember that story someone told us the other day about an elderly woman who flew from the UK to the US and wasn't let in uh, because her passport said her place of birth was Delhi? Yes, that's and right, yes. She was trying to explain to the border guard that she was actually born in India and the British occupied India and mm. that Britain obviously. She was, why have you got a British passport? Yeah. Why have you got a British passport? Well, this, this, this passport is fake. Yeah. Because she said you were born in. Why have you lied on your passport? And she couldn't get them to explain it and they wouldn't let her in. But that is... Happens. Well, she was detained until they said... She would just plead to them, Google fucking India. Yeah, don't <laughs> Google swear. Google India. Don't swear. Don't swear. One of the things that actually... Never swear. One of the things that actually made me laugh about JFK last time I was there, and I avoid it like the plague, is that they, they, they've clearly tried to do some sort of, like, friendly PR, public-facing 
you know, like uh, sort of drive to get people to, mm. to give them a better positive experience. Mm. And they've decorated, I don't know if you've been there recently, but the terminal I was in, they had decorated it all with bright colours, with hashtags everywhere. So right. let's know what you think. Hashtag JFK, all this other stuff. And I swear to you, I saw a woman uh, get her phone out and the guy came over it, no phones. <laughs> <laughs> well, how can I tweet about it? Um, <laughs> I'm going to tweet about this positive experience. Yeah, get my laptop out, that'll make it worse. I remember putting, uh, I walked through, I might tell you, sorry, uh, another podcast, possibly don't really care. I was walking through and I had my passport. I had loads of crap in my pocket, so I was trying to find where the thing was in my pocket, and so I popped the passport in between my teeth while I was, you know, grabbing my stuff out of my yeah. pocket. So like, sir, sir, like a 50-year-old man yeah. with rubber gloves on, let's not forget, yeah. goes, sir, we have to handle those, take that out of your mouth. Yeah. I was thinking, it's my document. And, you know, he's wearing rubber gloves for a reason, because he puts his hand up people's asses. <laughs> if, that, if touching my spittle is the worst part of your day, mate, count yourself lucky. Yeah. It's a good day for you, fella. Yeah. I mean, on the other hand, they, don't, they do want to keep up the riffraff. <laughs> but, um, would Alex Jones be let in the UK? Probably not. Hopefully hope, not. Hope not. Hope Very not. stocky man. We've got no play. We don't need him here. We don't need him here. <laughs> We've got enough idiots. <laughs> We've we got There's enough right-wing psychopaths. Two in this room. <laughs> uh, so, basically, uh, he, sent in this, uh, he sent in this video. Pay your conversations on Alex Jones. I thought you'd enjoy this video of one of his reporters experiencing some legendary Boston hospitality while trying to film a segment pu- uh, pushing uh, Boston Marathon bombing conspiracies. That was a big thing at the time. Obviously, uh, there was like a crowdsourced, um, 4chan-led uh, investigation to try and find the identity of the bombers as well. But on the flip side of that, there was also, uh, actually, that, that investigation, so-called online investigation, uh, you know, found uh, like three different people who didn't uh, have anything to do with it, obviously. But on the flip side, uh, Alex Jones and his lot were very into uh, false flags and stuff like that about the Boston Marathon, which, you know, it boggles the mind. I They're the same this... about 9-11. They were the same about fucking Grenfell and the same about uh, the Manchester bombing. It's sickening. It's incredibly disrespectful uh, and it shouldn't happen in a civilised society. But we've got flat earthers now, so... Yeah, I've got a dog in this fight because my um, father-in-law and, and so a lot of my family are from Boston. Mm. Um, and it's an amazing city, a wonderful, hospitable lovely people um, that is a tragedy a, a genuine mm. tragedy obviously and the people of Boston deserve better than that and I'm pleased um, as you've said Peter here or as Russell said Russell Buchanan here Russell Buchanan I believe it's pronounced mm. has said you know good on the people of Boston for giving Alex Jones a good old bit of a bit of uh, Boston hospitality and, and giving him let's shall we in, in a polite way shall we say fairly short shrift <laughs> which is exactly are, what he deserves there are way. some fantastic uh, swear words in here so uh, check this out furious Boston man confronts InfoWars reporter, you son of a bitch. I know what it is. I'm not putting it in your face. It's, not, it's nowhere near you. I don't care, dude. This is my neighborhood. Who the fuck are you? You're trying to what? You're trying to, like, put more right-wing conspiracy theories? You're not covering what's going on here. Your boy said this was a false flag. The bomb that blew up people was a false flag. What is that supposed to mean? Oh, the FBI's behind the bombing. That's what you're here to cover. And that's why I'm the asshole. Because the FBI blew up those people at the Boston Marathon. That's right. That's because you're a dope. And what you say is dangerous, and people like you shouldn't be able to drive a car, much less espouse your opinions in public. What I like about him is he's very clear. Even though he's furious with the guy, he's very clear. You're welcome. That's the nicest thing I can say about you, you son of a bitch. You son of a bitch. I love it. When, uh, that's a lovely way to end it. When I, when I get angry, I get, I'm quite sort of bad at articulating myself, so I'm pleased that he's this guy's mm. come. Well, he uses words like nunnick, which I've never heard before. Once, once, nunnick. 
the thing that gives me gives me um, gives me sort of like heart about that stuff is that you know these you always gonna get idiots wherever you go, right? That mm. happens, you know, and, and and I'm fine. But I love the idea of the universe putting this right that people are going out there to combat it and letting him know that he's talking absolute nonsense mm. and actually. It's not just an opinion, because everyone's allowed an opinion on certain stuff. Mm. It's hugely disrespectful, immensely uh, you know, unacceptable, and I'm pleased he's been called out on it. There's a great um, video of Alex Jones um, trying to sort of challenge someone, and um, he's, he's doing some mad thing on the corner of a street. I, I think it's in Seattle or something. Mm. And um, he's saying this nonsense, as mm. usual. And this guy just flips him the bird. And uh, Alex Jones gets really annoyed, right? He sort of chases after him, doesn't he? Yeah, but he? the yeah. way he runs is absolutely amazing. <laughs> he, he runs exactly like, if you were familiar with Alex Jones... SpongeBob SquarePants. Yeah, he does. He runs like a square Because he's so blocked. He's yeah. so blocky, sort of. He is. He is. Here he is. Oh, he's, so, he's so angry. You're a fake and a fraud. You're a fake and a fraud. <laughs> he sort of runs across the road like... If he was, like, six foot tall, you would understand why he runs like that. Because he runs a little bit like... Uh, who's the fastest runner in the world? Usain Bolt. Usain Bolt. He lo- runs like Usain Bolt, but he's so stocky, it doesn't really work. No. You know something? I'm not afraid of you people. You got something to say? Say it. You have nothing in life for. This guy's just flipping him off. Yeah. <laughs> like, giving it to him. So and, and later on that uh, in that video, somebody just throws coffee on him, <laughs> which is quite fun. Literal slave of the system. See that? That's who they are. Literal slave. Do you hear him say there? Literal slave to the system, right? When I used to live in South London, there was a guy who used to walk in the rush hour on purpose, Mm. didn't have a job, walk the opposite way to all the rush hour walkers, commuters, Mm. with a lab coat on, with slogans daubed on it in magic marker, a marker pen, shouting, Morning, sheep! Morning sheep <laughs> Off you go <laughs> Off to the office Morning sheep I quite like that It was amazing It was yeah. one of the highlights of my day He's like the shame guy in uh, Shame of Thrones Yeah, Shame of Thrones yeah. um, That's getting good I'll keep saying it's it, saying um, it. It's gotten of, good, it's finished mate Speaking of blocks Yes Speaking of blocky things Right um, I've got into Minecraft this week <laughs> no. uh, What is that? It's <laughs> like that game where you build stuff, right? Really? Are you... I'm not really across it. Mine, uh, Minecraft. I'm not really. Across I worry it. about you. You should. Yeah. You should. I worry Minecraft. About, I worry about you and your your Infowars. <laughs> but anyway, Tom Bainan, who is a long term listener, I'm a Limbo fan. Some of our stuff and a friend, of, friend of the show, mm. a friend, of, friend of ours. Um, to take it mafia. Who's this? Um, Tom Bainan. Oh, Tom Bainan. Okay, cool. he's been in touch. Good news. Um, now, the reason this now. is important is because a week, maybe two or three weeks ago, I told you. Not in confidence, because it was on the show, but I told you, as God is my witness, that I had a Kit Kat Chunky once with no wafer in it. Okay. You didn't believe me. Mm-hmm. Your words were, I think, uh, a direct quote, I'm not having it, didn't happen. Yeah. Okay. Well, Tom's been in touch. <laughs> just got, the news just got bad for you, Dawson. Okay. Listening to the show reminded me that I too had a Kit Kat Chunky with no wafer in it about five years ago before my self-imposed Nestle boycott. I looked into that. I thought they might have sorted their act out. They haven't. Um, <laughs> I, took, I took a picture, uh, he says, and, I, and who wouldn't take a picture for proof? Well, I didn't. Uh, he said, uh, it felt like winning the Willy Wonka golden ticket, only the prize realising that Nestle chocolate isn't that nice, and the only way it becomes edible is having a large wafer making up 85% of the bar. Now, that's great, Tom. I appreciate you supporting me there, even though you know you may not have wanted to support me. Just wanted to put it out that it's happened to you too. I looked up, um, I looked up to uh, uh, look up ne- uh, Nestle on, on Wikipedia about all this, uh, this because I know people boycott it. Um, well, they boycotted it back in the nineties. I remember the the baby milk thing. It goes back as far as the seventies. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, their Wikipedia headings. Uh, I mean, some of them. Are, this is this is these are some of their genuine Wikipedia yeah. headings. Nestle baby formula boycott. Uh, status of potable water. Ethiopian debt. Two thousand and two. Child labour. 
chocolate price fixing, it, pr- packaging claims, uh, and forced labour in the Thai fishing industry. It's one of those where you sort of go, how have they still got a name? Like, yeah. how have they still got a name? Like, I, I can understand how, I don't know, Samsung can get over the Galaxy Note exploit, the Galaxy 7, yeah. sorry, yeah. having a bit of problem with, with the fire and stuff like that. I can understand they're a big company, they're selling a lot of, they're shifting a lot of product. Yeah. But, like, just change your goddamn name or something. Yeah. How can you still have the PR uh, ability to get over things like that? They must have about 10 Remy Dabbers. You don't see Bhopal anymore, do you? No, what's that? That was the um, chemical uh, spill in um, India, I think it was. Okay. Killed a lot of people and, 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 and hurt a lot of uh, um, babies. Do you reckon um, Remy Danton is... <laughs> Near about 50. Yeah. About um, 50 of them. Speaking of which, I was on a, I was on a plane once when um, they put a, 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 um, a notice over the PA saying, if you've got a Samsung Galaxy, whatever, please turn it off yeah, and show allowed. it to the, the air stewardess. You know, you know, allowed them. But anyway, so so um, Tom has got a, had, a, had, a, had a Kit Kat chunky with another way from it great um, so mm. it definitely happens I'm pleased that that's happened because you know when it happens ages ago and then you start doubting yourself right. um, what essentially I forgot to say though is that when that happens it's really a Yorkie it's just a Yorkie it just becomes a Yorkie is it is that Nestle oh yeah I yeah. guess it is yeah I, just, I like a Yorkie um, but something that absolutely blew my mind to bits is, is this the David Cooper one Yes, the I'm gonna tell, tell it. Yeah, tell it. So, um, tell it. So, so David Cooper, another friend of ours. Um, so many friends. He's a friend of ours. Uh, <laughs> he said, uh, "Check this out." Uh, when we're talking about Kit Kats, and he showed us an article which explained what is actually inside the Kit Kat and the wafer. Mm. Now, of course, a lot of it is just wafer biscuit, mm. but in between those wafer biscuits, inside of both the Kit Kat and a Kit Kat chunky. <laughs> okay, my stomach is rumbling like you wouldn't believe. Can you hear my stomach rumbling? It's other. Smashed up Kit Kat. So inside the wafer filling of a Kit Kat is smashed up Kit Kats. Yeah. Right. I hate to get all chicken and egg on this. Yeah. But how does that work exactly if we kind of extrapolate backwards? Hey, yo, I heard you like a Kit Kat and your Kit Kat, so I Kit Kat it while you Kit Kat, so you can Kit Kat while you Kit Kat, dog. <laughs> I can't believe that. It's so weird. And also, yeah, it's like, remember the, there was a Brass Eye uh, sketch, or maybe it was the day to day, or maybe it was even earlier than that, something, Chris Morris sketch, anyway. And it was basically uh, a village in, like, the middle of Arsenal of Nowhere, Colmwell or something, were doing, like, a pie, making, like, a big, you know, like, sometimes you make a big paella or something yeah. in, in, in Spain uh, like a village came together they made this big pie but it was made out of la- last year's pie and last year's pie before that and last year's pie before that so people oh. were getting really ill because they were eating this pie pie and they were just going oh now it's the pie 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 because oh <laughs> it's made out of so many pies so it's the, I just, yeah I I don't know where the original Kit Kat came from. Well, That's what I'm worried must, about. They must be thinking, well, there's plenty of Kit Kats that get damaged in the production line. Yeah. So rather than chuck them back away, in. rather give them to the people on the production line working who are getting fat. I mean, that would be a perfect job for me, by the way. Um, <laughs> you just sit at the end of the uh, conveyor belt. In well, the gob. Yeah, like a Bertha. <laughs> right in. <laughs> a reverse Bertha. Bertha made things. Oh, yeah. Sometimes I think you're a dream, Luke. Yeah. A bad one. Um, I've got a few mates who had jobs in... Um, I, we, we in, do... in the TV show Bertha? Wow. No, no, we all used to do like terrible jobs in between years at uni and stuff, mm. right? And I, I had some terrible... I did door-to-door selling and all sorts. A few of my mates worked in factories doing like... Um, production line stuff yeah you know, I did I did fumes and all that sort I of thing I did tax returns I did print finishing I did sandwiches as oh, well get in touch hello at Luke and, Pe- hello at Luke and about your worst jobs that'd be great there, is, um, there are some people who sort of do those jobs and sort of goes I will never eat a insert brand of pasty ever again I will never eat another yeah. sandwich but to be quite frank I've done those jobs and I'm like yeah, they're all right, though. I like sandwiches a lot. They wouldn't let me put any aftershave on and all that. They got very upset once but when on I turned up with that. 
<laughs> a little gift. Oh. When we used to do the tax returns, we used to um, put sweets in the uh, envelope. Oh, really? <laughs> That's naughty, isn't it? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. A little bit. I wonder if anyone sort of went, ooh, the IRS, IRS, the tax people what want right? me to do Tax? Right, it's time for this. <laughs> It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Oi, oi! We're back. Oh, all right. We're back in the room. Um, I've had a glass of water, so hopefully my stomach won't be rumbling. Is that what you took? Say again. I thought you'd have eaten something. No, I don't have anything in the in the hoose. Right. I've literally got no food in the hoose. Um, before we do emails, um, okay. Do you remember? Uh, this is sort of an email. My mate messaged me it because. Um, I don't think don't think he's got my email address. Uh, he, he, you know, a few weeks ago we were talking about the difference between a guest house and a hotel, and I said I prefer a guest house. I mean, that sounds like a low point of podcast. It doesn't was, it? yeah. I mean, yeah, okay. yeah um, he's he messaged me saying, "Just listen to the latest uh, Luke and Pete show." Um, I cannot stand a guest house. I'd always take a hotel. I don't want some weirdos staring at me trying to guess how much I like their local sausages in the morning. Pathetic. Even if it's my parents, they can get to fuck. <laughs> so, <laughs> There you go. <laughs> yeah, I'm probably in that camp to be honest. I prefer like a, either a hotel room or uh, yeah. I stayed in one a few weeks ago. It's a very biased way of looking at it. Yeah, you stayed in one South End when you could have easily commuted home because you're an absolute deviant. Stank like no, oh, no, because you couldn't get home that you, late. Were you at that sex festival in Kent? Yeah? <laughs> <laughs> Didn't someone die? Yeah, it's not a laughing matter. Sex. It's not a laughing matter. You don't know how they died. Um, Chem sex emails. <laughs> can I go first with the emails? All I've right, then, baby. Here. I've got one. <laughs> I've got one here that I would Hit really me. passionately like to deliver. Chem sex. Um, now, uh, we did say last week we've had quite a lot of uh, good emails coming about mm. family uh, dinner conversations. Now, a few weeks ago we yes. said this is a great... I, I knew this would be a rich theme because it's, it's just such a funny situation. It's very formal in a very informal set of relationships and all this other stuff goes on. And since then, we've had a few more which are even better, so mm. we're going to read these ones. Um, this one is up first uh, from uh, Dan. She says Dan, which is fair enough. He doesn't want to be, be identified, and I understand. This has got a little bit of swearing in it, so... Watch out, guys. No, naughty 
swearing, not just a normal. Oh, big ones. Not just the normal ones like shit and mother, big babbers, motherfucker. Uh, <gasps> worse ones than that. Motherfucker's quite a bad one. It is. It yeah. is the worst one on radio. Motherfucker is, is the worst it? one. Yeah, it's worse than the other one. Learn something every day. Yeah. I don't think you're supposed to do any swear words on radio. Are you? <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, Dan says hello, boys. Upon hearing your patter about what families talk about over the dinner table, I was transported back to a Christmas dinner I had with my family at the best part of a decade ago. Now this is Christmas dinner, Pete, not just a family dinner. Big one. This is quite the a big one. one. The most important one, the one that people plan for for weeks and months. It's the best one. <laughs> it is the best one. Unless you go Thanksgiving, that's also very good. Yeah. But this is quite a long one, so bear, bear in mind. He says, quick background that I grew up on the outskirts of the lovely city of Bath in a conservative, somewhat Christian-focused household. For all of my adolescence, I had concealed my deviant side from my strict, God-fearing, but otherwise lovely parents. That is until my first Christmas back after starting university in Liverpool. <laughs> I'd never been one for swearing much, especially not in front of my parents. But going to uni in a much bigger and livelier city, surrounding myself with gruffer people I picked up the <laughs> habit of effing and jeffing like I was a sailor down the Albert Dock not wanting to upset my parents I'd kept my foul tongue in check all over the Christmas holiday until Christmas dinner itself my favourite thing about Christmas dinner this, this email's great because the details I love hmm about Christmas dinner has always and will always be pigs in blankets. Now, for our, our, our overseas listeners, that is a tiny little cocktail sausage wrapped in bacon. Beautiful mm. thing. Very much part of the uh, part of the Christmas dinner. Mm. And actually, based on something you said last week, also very salty. Yeah, um, not kosher. No, it's not. Absolutely not. Indeed, I'd always sneak an extra one more than was probably approved by my father and hope that there'd be plenty left over once I'd forced down all the dry meat and veg. However, this year, my mother, always fond of the finer things in life, like mother, like son, took it upon herself to empty the half dozen or so pigs in blankets left onto her own plate before she'd even finished her roasties, the total cheat. <laughs> Without thinking, in total disgust, I said, you greedy cunt. <laughs> See? Oh, I guess better Not than this. at Christmas dinner. Well, that was it. Mayhem. My father <laughs> dropped his glass of wine, smashing instantly, startling to the cat to the point it jumped directly onto the dinner table. The dog, Gandalf, it's called Gandalf, not wanting to be outdone, instantly leapt from the floor to the table to chase the cat, trampling on all the fruits of my mother's labour before settling into the bowl of cauliflower cheese. Now, hang on a minute. I'm not having cauliflower cheese at Christmas dinner, but I'll come on to that in a minute. My mother was shell-shocked and her only words to me for the rest of the day that she was heartbroken. My sister vowed to never speak to me again as I'd ruined her favourite meal of the year while my brother raged from indifference, pothead, to finding it hilarious. My dad then told me at best that I didn't accompany the family to the traditional after-dinner drink in the local pub the first time I could have gone and legally enjoyed an adult beverage, which I must admit hurt. Well, you, you tough titties, isn't it? You just ruined the whole thing by using the sea. To, At your mum! To this day, my parents refer to it as the incident. And whenever one of my siblings invariably brings it up over a family meal a cold chill passes around the dinner table my mother's eyes narrow and my father's cheeks turn to a delightful shade of pink as it is I regret that so much food went to waste but she was being a greedy so and so oh some reserve love the show guys. from an older man all the best all the best Dan he's like the error of his way Dan that's fantastic hey, I mean well how written how did I set that mate I mean uh, I don't think we will ever understand how important Christmas dinner is to uh, a mum. Can I go to Dan's? <laughs> it sounds like the. Well, you won't get a pigs and blanket because she's got a greedy cunt in the house. 
<laughs> my mum was an absolute angel on Christmas dinner. She's brilliant. Yeah. I, I go in there and help out a sous chef. I just help out whatever she needs, chopping, all that sort my of stuff. My mum will not let me go near anything she cooks, and as discussed on a previous podcast uh, in another life, uh, Luke, she cooks the roasties the day before. She cooks the meat two days before. It drives me to fucking distraction. That's absolute... That is mad. I've, I mean, got, not... I've got grounds to call my mama C. That's all hey, I'm no, saying. You, well, you haven't, because your mum's absolutely <laughs> lovely, and she's an, she's an angel as well. But I, I will... I, if I can put this in, 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 in sort of diplomatic terms, um, I depart from her on that technique. <laughs> what I would say is, though, like, what I like about this is, is he's gone to university, you know, they've clearly got a lovely tight unit of a family, he comes back and says, you greedy cunt. It's such a horrible thing to do. I know, it's outrageous. But maybe, I don't know, did he think he... Oh, wow. I, 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 um, I would say, though, Pete, just in case your mum's listening, mm. uh, Mrs Donaldson, if you're listening, mm. um, you know, apologies for how your son's turned out and all that. It's not your fault, you did your best. But... It's easy to cook a turkey on Christmas morning. You mm. Work your timings out, baste it properly, get the bacon on we it. We never have turkey, to be fair. Oh, what do you have? Uh, we have all kinds of different meats. Come on, it's a special beef, beef, usually, to be honest. Beef? You can yeah. have that any time. <laughs> you can have turkey any time. It's disgusting. And no one likes Dry. it. You've yeah, no, you got to eat it. You don't like it. That's not the point, is it? <laughs> but I, I, I really did. The, the, big, the biggest issue I've got with this, um, with this story from Dan is that, I mean, look, my mum actually, a couple of weeks ago, she. Um, she introduced a bowl of cauliflower cheese into the roast. I, I didn't... I what, out of nowhere? Bam, yeah. there it is. Well, um, my wife loves it. Right. And, she, and so, obviously, my mum's like, oh, great, well, well, I'll make it then, because I like it too, sort of thing. And um, Why do you like cauliflower cheese? No, I don't mind it, but it doesn't, it doesn't go with gravy. You can't have gravy on it. Yeah, it can. Uh, you can, it's like having bread sauce. You like say so you can't have bread sauce or horseradish sauce. It's a creamy kind of addition to the meal. I, I don't think cauliflower cheese should be included in the Christmas dinner. And, and just so you know, just to, for, for the avoidance of doubt, Non-negotiables in order of importance re-Christmas dinner right. from me. Turkey, roast potatoes, right. gravy, okay. parsnips, peas, carrots and swede. Peas? Carrots and swede mashed up and cranberry sauce. Right, carrots and swede's a bit of a swerve. I'm not having that. That's a nonsense. Uh, <laughs> uh, peas as well can get, get GTF. P, um, sorry, you missed what I, I just read again. Non-negotiables. <laughs> <laughs> and the list is there. Uh, but, oh, by well, the way, let, let's talk. Look, it's it's, um, it's uh, what 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 uh, date is it now? It's September. We're in September. Let's talk about Pret Christmas sandwich. When's that coming out? Oh yeah, that was love that. Crack it on. Yeah, the Pret. If you don't, if you haven't got a Pret near you, sad sad about that. Well, it's like it's a British version of uh, when Americans get excited about the red Starbucks cup. Yes, and the eggnog lattes. Pret Christmas sandwich is one of the, genuinely one of the best things about Christmas. Yeah, it's a beautiful uh, bread, um, mm. spinach leaves. Um, stuffing, bit, bit of mayo, stuffing, crispy onions, yeah, turkey, uh, cranberry. cranberry sauce. Is that it? But uh, a, fair, a fair whack of butter as well. Is it? No, I don't think they put butter in it, mate. Do they not? No, I think they used the cranberry sauce for that as a substitute. Not having that. Anyway, well. Christmas just around the corner. <laughs> Pete, have you got any family Christmas traditions, by the way? Uh, my dad comes home from the pub slightly <laughs> belligerent and annoying. Is he going and to the pub with his We pals? argue about politics. <laughs> no, he hasn't got any pals down the pub, Luke. He, he just goes. sits there and reads the newspaper. Why don't you go with him? And texts me goal updates when you cast her on the television. So I'm, watching, I'm already watching it, Dad. Why don't you go with him? Uh, yeah, I've started doing that, and you know what? He's bloody quite fun when he's drunk. So, <laughs> man, so, there you go. But I always... I had a very regimented, strict, I only drink after 6pm, and yeah. I still kind of do that, to be honest. I can't be honest with day drinking. It just makes me sleepy yeah, I'm uh, and miserable and hungover at about, like, 7 o'clock in the evening. But... Um, um, 
uh, yeah, drinking with my dad's actually quite fun. So your dad, so, your dad's, I, but I never used to drink with him. Your dad's quite fun after a couple of beers, is he? Oh, he's brilliant. Yeah. Uh, well, we've had him on the podcast. His Navy stories are legendary. You, you must take after your mum. What do you mean? Oh, <laughs> is that right? <laughs> Give us I'm, an email. Have you got? Have you never got seen me, Mum. Pissed. Have you got a family dinner story? Uh, I have from Craig, age thirty-five. Oh, before you do it, I've actually seen my mum pissed at one of our family friends' weddings. Right, she got so drunk she uh, puked over the back wall in the pub garden. Yes, there, you go. there we go. Actually, stuff. I saw what she she came home and she'd had like a bottle of wine. She went, "E Pete, I'm pissed." <laughs> was she it. wasn't pissed. No, she was just a bit giggly. Nice, brilliant. Uh, Craig, age thirty-five. I have a family dinner story. Do, do put your ages in the email. That's important. <laughs> I like I, it. I, I like that. Yeah, yeah. do that. My uh, wife is from a uh, fairly well-to-do family, and I am from a more earthy background. Uh, that has always uh, made the Christmas dinner with both sets of parents fairly interesting. None more so than Christmas of 2013, which I will never forget. My mum had put away over a bottle of wine before we sat down to eat, quite a lot by her standards. Over dinner, she proceeded to explain to the table how I had been conceived at the now legendary Botham's Ashes. Wow. When challenged uh, by my father-in-law to clar- clarify whether she meant during Botham's Ashes or what she meant uh, during Botham's Ashes, she said, no, at Botham's Ashes, at Lord's Cricket Ground. Huh. So the actual 1981. event... 1981. Uh, yeah. So I excused myself from the table to do a little frantic Googling to find that Lord's Test of Botham's Ashes was indeed in play nine months of the day before I was born. So they clearly had sex at the oh, Ashes. I don't really want to start a trope about this. Well, that's what he's saying, basically. I thought it was like during Botham's Ashes. No, it was actually during Botham's Ashes at Lord's Cricket Ground. When I returned to the table, my mum was stood on the chair doing the Gangnam Style dance, <laughs> looked at me, winked and said, see, that's why you're good at cricket. <laughs> Craig doesn't even say whether he is good at cricket or not. Yeah. I mean, you've got to do something to, uh, you know, avoid the boredom of cricket, but um, <laughs> I'll be honest, I've never really enjoyed Christmas dinner since. Thank you for that, uh, Craig. There was nothing boring about that test match, by the way. No, exactly. Well, there's, a, there's a brilliant video online. Um, you know Ian Botham? Ian real, Botham and the word online does not go together. No, but... Well, remember when he, remember when he um, tweeted that picture of his well, welly and said he was hacked? At the risk of betraying a confidence, <laughs> I've got some intel on that particular incident. OK, right. So I know the guy who used to be Botham's agent. Yeah. Good guy. I won't, I won't name him. I don't want to get him in trouble. Um, he's probably, if he's here, he'll probably figure that out. Uh, it was a while ago now. Oh, okay, he, right. He's probably had a few. Um, and um, when that came out, obviously, he was this guy I know was trying to do some, some sort of PR <laughs> management of the situation. And he, and he called Beefy and he <laughs> said, um, Oh, no, actually, it's not me. Because his face isn't in the picture. No, his face is in the picture. Oh, it is. And he's taking it from the worst position. His. Grey pewed penis below the penis, looking up, and his face kind of lurch, no, like lurking it, down. I think his face is partly obscured by the penis because he's lying down. I will show you it. <laughs> I, I'm fine with that. <laughs> uh, that. That doesn't matter anyway because okay. the, the point I was going to make was that um, was he basically said that he was he'd been hacked. Yeah, and, <laughs> uh, but my the, the point the point of the story is my mate who was representing him at the time <laughs> realised oh well actually that's fine then because um, if he's been hacked the, the the PR company who look after him his agent's got his Twitter password. So we'll just, we just, uh, we'll just find out who did it. Logged in, same password. Hasn't <laughs> <laughs> been hacked, has he? <laughs> <laughs> oh, there it is, actually. No. So you, can't, can't, actually, you can't see his face. But it's a terrible um, point of view. The worst thing is the little, the little quote, what are you thinking? What are you thinking, kiss kiss? I'm thinking you've got a fucking naked mole rat in your pants. I'm thinking, why has he shaved his pubes? Why are you doing? He's in his 50s, you know what I mean? Jesus Christ. But anyway, Never mind. There's, there's a great video <laughs> of Ian Botham 
um, doing a really ill-advised... It only could have happened in the 80s. Mm. He's doing like a question-and-answer session in mm. front of a live audience of Scottish students. Mm. And it has to be seen to be believed. He is the uh, most patronising, uh, condescending, sexist man you've ever seen. He it puts in a disgusting performance. Have you seen it? Yeah, I've seen yeah, it. And, and like the, the, basically, I think it's, it was just after he'd said something about the fact that he's uh, he travels so much and he's never changed an appy. So basically, uh, and they do focus on, on the female um, students mainly. Um, they're all just asking the same question, pretty much sort of going, why did you say that about not choosing nappies? Well, if the, if the missus wants to bag them up and send them over, yeah. I'll put them in the bin, I'll change the nappies. Uh, but, you know, the simple fact is, love. Yeah, I'm he not gonna... love, yeah. <laughs> it's great. He's so, he's so 70s dad. It's really funny. Um, <laughs> oh, dear. Right, what about this? One final one on, on the family uh, dinner conversation. Do keep them coming in. Mm. Um, this is from David in Atlanta. He says, hey, guys. I what... love Atlanta. Have you been to Atlanta? I'm going next week, mate. Well... Go Atlanta and enjoy yourself, because I love Atlanta. Well, I will. I'm planning on it. All right, then. Good. Um, I think I'm going this week, actually. Better check my diary. Um, anyway, <laughs> hey, guys, says David in Atlanta. Once, well, David, look, get in touch. We'll hang out. Yeah. Actually, actually we won't. I, I'll, I'll be That's busy. A terrible idea. Um, once my father-in-law and I, while out with my mother-in-law and my wife, had polished off a rather large pitcher of beer. Sitting with my arm around my wife and feeling merry... I decided to surreptitiously grope my wife's behind, whose name is Mary, so I guess I was feeling Mary while feeling merry. Anyway, Dad noticed straight away what I was up to, and with all the subtlety of a 75-year-old Dutch man, which he is, think Louis van Gaal, <laughs> he stared at me and exclaimed, So, you like a squeeze? That's okay. I like a squeeze too sometimes. <laughs> Groping your wife in front of the person who gave her life. My wife, my wife won't let me tell that story anymore to anyone. Thanks for letting me tell it here. You guys are great. And he says, I've got a bonus awkward Christmas story to interest as well. He says, my parents-in-law immigrated to Canada, emigrated to Canada from the Netherlands with their respective families shortly after the war. Mm. And they first met in Canada. A number of years ago during Christmas, uh, when my mum and dad, my wife and I, her two sisters and their husbands were all sitting around the dinner table, we started asking around the table what everyone's middle names were and if they knew the stories behind them. Obviously, for my wife and her sisters, mum and dad were providing whatever details there were to be had. Um, when it came around to the oldest sister, dad shrugged his shoulders, stating that he'd left it up to mum to pick a middle name. Mum then admitted for the first time in history that she chose the name of her old flame she'd left behind in the Netherlands <laughs> over 50 years ago. It was awkward. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like that. They sound like a fun family. I'd definitely go around uh, for dinner with theirs. Keep them coming in. I yeah, bet, but you should probably contribute a few of your own because I know that you've got some great stuff. Yeah, what, what of like um, for awkward family dinners? Yeah, you must have done. Well, we have such a small family, you see. It's it's quite weird. How I many found... do you have at Christmas dinner then? Uh, three. <laughs> what about your sister? Yeah, me, my sister, my mum, and my dad. That's four, you idiot. Not including me. Well, what would you include? I'm usually stamping around going, why are these potatoes not cooked, ma'am? Yeah. Rubbish. Uh, why were these potatoes cooked ages ago? <laughs> um, at Thanksgiving um, over in the US, which I go for every year, last year, 38 people. That's too many. It's loads. How are you going to satisfy all them? How are you going to remember names? That's what I want to know. <laughs> anyway, yeah, keep them coming in. Hello at LukeandPeteShow.com. Make sure everyone knows your name by using the C word, Luke. <laughs> yeah, no, I would not be doing that. <laughs> Let there be justice for all. You don't understand. Willie was a salesman. Say simply, very simply, with hope. Good morning. 
All right, you greedy cunts. Uh, it's time for Men Carter, where two men put some things into an online encyclopedia. Can you cut the end of that jingle off when you say something? No. Okay. Yeah, you, you'll do if you can figure out how to do it with the system, I, I'm happy to listen to... You know I can't. Um, Men Carter <laughs> is your thing, I think. Uh, it's yeah. becoming more and more your thing. I, I really like listening to it. He's really likes, like listening to it. He just like me reading. Oh, hang on, wait a second. Can I drag this over here? Maybe I can make an adjustment. Okay. Nope. It didn't work. Okay. Never mind. Never yeah. mind. I thought I'd, I thought I had the uh, solution there, but, sh- but sh- I clearly sh- didn't. Sh- it's your own time, you listen. It's your own time, you wasting. Oz Powell's. Hello to Oz Powell's. That's not a real name. Well, it's Oz, and I do believe he is in in Australia. Would you believe uh, the Tamam Shud case? He wants us to talk about the Tamam Shud case. Yeah. Worth a Google. I spent a good half an hour on this one, and it's a doozy. There's so much to this case. I don't have time to explain it all, but it's considered to be one of Australia's most Profound mysteries. The Tamam Shud case revolves around an unidentified man found dead in uh, December 1948 on Summerton Beach in Adelaide, Australia. Aside from the fact that the man could never be identified, the mystery deepened after a tiny piece of paper with the words Tamam Shud was found in a hidden pocket sewn uh, within the dead man's trousers. It's also referred to as Taman Shud. It's a mispronunciation uh, of, uh, of Tamam Shud, effectively. The phrase translates as, as ended or finished and is a phrase used on the last page of a collection of poems called the Rubaiyat of Omar Khayyam. Um, or Khayyam, rather. Um, adding to the mystery, a copy of Khayyam's collection was later found that contained a scribbled n- uh, code, basically, uh, some kind of weird kind of, like, hier- not hieroglyphics, but, like, just letters, random letters, uh, believed to have been left by the dead man himself. Due to the contents of the uh, Khayyam poem, many have come to believe that the message may represent a suicide note of sorts but it remains uncracked as does the case so much to this how he died, they couldn't really detect the poison what he'd used, how he he was just left um, next to a seawall a cigarette on his shoulder it was so many weird things, all of um, the uh, names were cut out of his trousers and shirts and there were no identifying kind of marks on him or anything like that the only thing, he has a very unique uh, ear uh, pattern basically uh, that's shared by only like two percent of the Caucasian population. You're a Caucasian man, right. um, but they, they just can't figure out where this guy um, came from. I don't know if this is that mysterious at all, really. Well, it sounds like a spy, but well, I, I mean, look, what do we know? The facts, right? He liked to remove the labels from his clothes. I mean, that's a lot of people find them uncomfortable. I don't think that's that. <laughs> it's not unusual. I mean, for example, Nike, no. run, Nike running stuff. You buy like a, a piece of Nike running shorts or, or top or whatever. Mm. They they put the labels in there for them to be removed because they're uncomfortable. So that's right. That. So I imagine people do do that. Even in 1948? Well, no, I'm not saying he's wearing night running stuff. I'm just saying, <laughs> he might, he might, I'm just saying some people do find labels can dig in and all that sort of stuff. Also, I mean, he's reading a book of Persian poetry. I mean, it's odd, but it's not that ridiculous. I mean, he may have travelled there or read about it. Um, you know, and if he was removing clothing labels, he might have sewn yeah, but that how, letter into him. How did he die? He was completely healthy. Committed suicide. Yeah, but I, they couldn't find any toxins in his body. But, I mean, you don't know how long he was there for. He was there during the... Cause people spotted him earlier on in the day. I've got all the facts in my brain. OK, right. People spotted him earlier in the day. Uh, people spotted him in a pub a few days earlier, I think, and he was uh, carrying a man on his shoulders, or he was either the man being carried on his shoulders, all jovial-like. Oh. Uh, and, and basically, they um, found a woman... Um, uh, basically, in his belongings, there was a phone number of a woman who denied all knowledge, but this woman's daughter said that she could speak Russian but couldn't or wouldn't tell her how she learned Russian. So yeah, it sounds very much like a spy, but... 
fascinating story. So give it a go. Tamam should case. Uh, thank you to Oz Powers for that uh, nomination. Cr- Definitely going in. Let's crack the case. Let's cr- let's get back on it, mate. Listen, if, we, if we've got however many thousand listeners we've got, let's put the hive mind on it. Yeah. T- everyone take a picture of your ears. Wisdom of crowds. <laughs> Wisdom of crowds. Yeah. That's cool, that, isn't it? That, I, love, I love that. Do you want... Have we got time for one? Another one before we, we go? Have. Of course we have. I know this is your thing, but I'll, I'll stick this one in. Um, this is from Damien Cunningham. Okay. Um, and he says, um, because you guys are never adverse to bizarre and grisly tales, allow me to regale you with one of a wannabe vampire that struck during World War I. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bella Kiss was a tinsmith and amateur astronomer when he was conscripted by the Hungarian army for service during the First World War, leaving his property that had several uh, fuel drums left on it. As war raged, uh, authorities commandeered the fuel for the good of the nation, only to be shocked to find that several of the drums contained corpses um, wow. of, women, of women completely drained of blood uh, and with puncture wounds on their neck. Belikis was eventually tracked to a Serbian hospital but evaded justice by doing the old switcheroo and placing a corpse of a recently deceased in his bed and fleeing the hospital never to be officially seen again. Uh, he never answered for his heinous crimes. Um, this is this is from Damien. I've read a bit around this and Belikis. I think the victims were actually strangled and not... Um, and not not a uh, drain of blood through puncture wounds. I couldn't find any evidence for that. But one of the theories for this guy, right, was that he joined the French Foreign Legion and there was a man enlisted there around that time that fit his description that used to boast about how good he was with a garrote. Oh, wow. So maybe it's, uh, maybe it's something to do with that. But, I mean, that was a particularly interesting one, quite gruesome. I, I, I sort of fell into a bit of a Wikipedia hole with this one. And with um, the French Foreign Legion... If you're injured while serving in the French Foreign Legion, mm. you are automatically offered French citizenship in what's known as French by spilled blood. Oh, is that right? Yeah. That's good. Yeah, a bit of a roundabout way to get a, a French passport, I guess. But. Could you grot yourself? I mean, you've got to sign up for five years. Yeah. <laughs> and it is brutal. <laughs> it is bloody horrible. Think about that before you do it. Yeah, it's not like buying a Maltese passport. <laughs> no. It's not like when, that. When, um, you know, you know um, I think there's a, several million more Irish passports in circulation than there are Irish citizens. Oh, is that right? Yeah, because they give them out. Yeah. They dish them out, mate. They dish them out. I was trying to figure out whether I could get one, because my... On one side, there's some Irish blood, but it was my grand's mum, which Irish is too far blood, away. English heart, what I'm made of. You make it sound like, um... What a beautiful circle. What a wicked web we wave. Yeah. All right, then. <laughs> Let's get out of here. Um, thank you for uh, joining us this afternoon, this evening, this morning, wherever you are enjoying us, whenever you are devouring us. Stay safe, yeah, all right? We, we, Stay we, away from the garrots. We love accompanying you on your commute or whatever mm. it is you're doing, your runs or your washing up or whatever. So, you know, stick stick with us. We'll stick with you. <laughs> we'll get better. We'll learn. We'll live. Spread your word yeah. uh, to your pals. Tell us all about it. Tell them all about it, I should say. Leave us a review on iTunes. Mm. Works for everyone. Hello at LukeAndPeteShow.com. At the end of the day, we're giving this away for free. (laughs) That should be acknowledged, if nothing else. I'm giving Luke a bit of my time, and Luke's giving his time to me. See you later. Bye. Great cunts. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash 
Upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Summer's just around the corner, so give your body the care it deserves with Osea's best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil. Created by infusing Andaria seaweed in barrels of botanical oils, it leaves skin silky soft and glowing. Plus, it's clinically proven to improve elasticity and deeply moisturize without feeling greasy. It's safe, clean, vegan skincare. Get 10% off your first order at oseamalibu.com with code GLOW, plus free shipping on orders over $60.